It's finally spring, and I'm saying goodbye snow, hello adventure. And during the Honda Dream Garage Spring Event, you can get epic deals on your favorite Honda model. Ready to get rugged? Then take the off-road in an all-wheel drive Honda SUV, like the CRV, HRV, Pilot, Passport, or redesigned Ridgeline. Want to take a spring road trip? Then check out a fuel-efficient turbocharged Civic or Accord. Say goodbye to winter and hello to a new Honda. Don't miss huge savings during the Honda Dream Garage Spring Event. Now at your local Honda dealer. Welcome everybody back to the Believe in NXT podcast. Like always, I am one of your hosts for this nice little venture of ours, Jacob and Lawrence, and usual my boy Cedric Williams riding shotgun. This is the one, two, fourth time. Fourth time this week you guys are hearing me open up the podcast. You know, I'm starting to feel like 96 Mike, 95 Mike, 97, 98. Like I'm just over here. We just collecting rings right now, baby. Get a three-peat. We go for a four-peat like L.A. Sparks, man. Speaking of L.A. Sparks, make sure you check out the Believe in L.A. Sparks podcast or the Believe in Sparks podcast right here on the Believe Podcast Network. The number one podcast network for professionals. And speaking of professionals, make sure you follow two great professionals at what they do. That would be myself and Mr. Cedric Welton on Twitter. I'm at underscore J Della. Said is at said underscore says. That is C-E-double-D underscore S-A-Y-S. Last but not least... You can't forget the Believe Podcast Network, the network that is still yet to cancel us. So, hey, you know, we're here, still here, having fun, hadn't been canceled, still providing quality content. I mean, we got two Emilio Sparks episodes. We got an Andre's Hell episode. We got some more heat coming for you guys. We got a Money in the Bank preview this week. We gave you an NXT preview. And now we're here to recap this week's NXT. Before we get into that, the man that has been in the same place for like the past 10 episodes, past four, five weeks, the man who is being smart and practicing safe social distancing, Cedric Wilson. How you doing today, Ced? I am solid, and you are 100% right. Safe social distancing, making smart moves and only essential moves only in the same exact spot. That's how I do it. Now, I'm ready to talk some NXT talk because this is actually a pretty loaded show, man. We got, I mean... I think we uncovered some troops from this week, um, had some returns, made some moves in the cruiserweight tournament as well. I, I actually liked the programming that I saw this week from top to bottom. Yeah, they built it as a quote-unquote takeover quality or takeover level show. <sighs> yeah, mm, mm, it was close, but not quite. But yeah, we got a lot to talk about. From top to bottom, it was a pretty solid show. Got some good promos. It seems like they put a bow on a couple of things while starting a bunch. So I feel like that WrestleMania little arc that we got stuck in, that loop that we've been running for the past few weeks, I think we can put a nice little bow and say that it's done and that we are like on to the next one, to quote Jay-Z. Right. 100%. Well, let's just start this right at the top. We start the show with a banger of a match. Mr. White Shoes himself, Johnny Gargano, took on everybody's favorite. I don't even know what Dakakovich is. Croatian? I think Ooh. it's the flag on his tights. I think it is Croatian, yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Mr. Feast Your Eyes. And 
you said Mr. White Shoes, and that's that's you know what previously that was the only thing I respected about Johnny Gargano's <laughs> heel turn. You know what I'm saying? But we got some new wrinkles this weekend. You know what? I'm on the bandwagon now. I believe in heel Johnny Gargano. Yes, I said I wouldn't get here. I didn't like how we got here previously, but you know what? They changed the music. They changed the music. A little bit more dark. Um, not the not the old school Rebel Heart. Way different. And the thing I noticed right after the match is that he already uh, started responding to fans because Twitter apparently hated it. But of course, you're supposed to hate it. He's a heel. Not supposed to like anything like him. So I'm 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 behind it. I love the husband and wife dashly tricks and all that. And this is an interesting match. I mean, I thought it was a played off really well. Big man versus little man, of course. Dajakovic getting his big spots, not doing a lot of the aerial stuff he normally does. Johnny Gargano playing his uh, size to his advantage with the speed. And I like the way they finished the match where it wasn't cheating per se, but it wasn't clean. A man cheated. Come on. No, nah, I mean, the, the, the turnbuckle just came, the padding on the turnbuckle just came off. He, he, I mean, it, it just came off. Yeah. How does a, how does a six foot eight man, that tall just just run into the turnbuckle like that after her karate taller than that man so i mean yeah momentum man you snap him he starts going downward right into the turnbuckle man it's right there momentum also they're billing that uh i guess you call it a springboard ddt as his finisher now which is kind of interesting that's cool he'll still probably pull out the gargano escape Gargan, no escape. I really hate the fact that he puts that emphasis on the no on it, even though it makes sense. Mm -hmm. But yeah. It was a good match. Great opener. I think it went two commercial breaks, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. The moment I was like, oh, are they really finna let Dakakovich get a win? And then Candice LeRae slides out, does her little bit. Johnny takes advantage of it. Rev catches him trying to pull off the turnbuckle. Like you said, we come back to it later. Yeah, all in all, great match. It's adding layers to the heel, Johnny Gargano. Also, it's just nice to see Gargano far away from Tommaso Ciampa, to be honest. Like this, this was refreshing. Think about it. We ain't seen Gargano nowhere near Ciampa, and we ain't seen Dakakovic nowhere near Keith Lee. Nice and refreshing. It's a breath of fresh air for both men. I, I, I guess if, if, you, if you're tired of the Ciampa, uh Johnny angles, I mean, I'm not. I can watch that all the time. But, yeah, I mean, it's good to see him wrestling other talent, sure. Hold on. Hold um, what, did you just say like a couple episodes ago, episodes ago that you were over this, over Gargano and Ciampa? I don't think did, – did I say that? I could have swore that was you. No, nah, I could have sworn I said I would like to see it happen again without commercial breaks. Yeah, I know you said you wanted the cinematic match without commercial, but good swore. Look, man, they're like Peter Griffin and the chicken. They'll eventually fight again. Just got to give it a breather, man. Just good content, man. Great storytelling. Except you know? when you have a cinematic match that goes an hour with commercial breaks. Yeah, that's the only thing I had a problem with. But, I mean, like I said, eventually, hopefully things get back to normal. We see, I, I'm hoping that we get Chopping Gargano with fans again for real this time because that wasn't for real for me. <laughs> this is what's going to happen. I feel like somehow you're going to end up with like a 
four-way or five-way or maybe a six-way with Choppa, Gargano, Keith Lee, Killer Cross, because I refuse to call him Carrying Cross. That's fair. I said Choppa, Gargano, Keith Lee, Cross, Dakakovich, and Killian Dane and our Damian Priest. Like some combo of those seven men are going to end up in like a fatal four-way or more match for the North American title. Within like the next three months, I feel like. Next three months. Sure. Assuming we get back to live crowds and whatnot. Like it's just setting up for a collision course. Like throw yeah, a ladder in that, that thing. I put them in a cage, make it a street fight. Make it an elimination match for all I care. And that's money. We are printing money. Literally, you have money in the bank, much like our Money in the Bank preview episode that dropped earlier on Friday morning for you guys. So nice if you plug. hadn't checked that, check out, that out, you just say go ahead and check that out. It'll probably be right there in your Apple Podcast Library or your Spotify, your TuneIn, your Stitcher, wherever you get your podcast, it's right there, baby. Shameless plug. I like that. Shameless plug. It was um, easy. It was effortless. It was like a Morrow plug. Just a nice little line. Just slid right into it. <laughs> so, we, I mean, just to tie it back. Heel, white shoes, Gargano. Best is yet to come. I can totally see the best is yet to come, which might – Hopefully, we get a, a number of these little one-off feuds here before he actually vies for a title. Oh, yeah, because once you put a title on him, it is a wrap. He is going to ratchet that annoyingness up to level 10. And you are going to hate him with a passion. And God forbid if Candice LeRae picks up the NXT women's title or is in contention for it, you might lose your shit. Like... They might be the most annoying thing ever on TV. Yeah. Like Vicky Guerrero, excuse me, levels of annoying. Which is right up their alley. I mean, I, I mean, yeah. That's how you, you go away heat is good for Hills. They get to that level, I'll respect it. It's got potential. Little Poison yeah, Pixie and Mr. White Shoes. Mm-hmm. So, the next match on the card, we had Akira Tozawa defeating CM Gallagher in an interim in the interim cruiserweight championship uh, tournament. Um, I don't have a problem with this match, you know. Um, Tozawa went to two and zero, and I was as I was telling Jacob offline, is my only thing is Tozawa is literally getting his ass beat every Monday night. Literally, he's losing every Monday night on Raw, but a day later he comes and wins in the tournament. So it's like he's 2-0. Something's got to give here. Something's got to give. I don't know how he won the first match. I think getting jumped by Zelina Vega's whole stable, came back and won that match. I thought he wasn't even going to compete. Here he is, 2-0 in the tournament, um, looking like he's on a crash course to face Kushida. Um and I don't know how and why we got here. I thought Gallagher would at least pick up one win in the tournament, yet, and he hasn't yet. Um, but they must see something in Tozawa um, that they like because he's been a champion before. Yeah, so I was going to say, Tozawa's a former 
champ, and he's been in title contention most of his time on 205 Live. So it's not like he's a complete slouch, but I will give credit to the fact that he does seemingly get his ass whooped every Monday night on Raw. And then it's like, all right, I'm going to take a day and a half. Wednesday, I'm a little upset, so I'm going to have to go beat somebody's ass real quick. And the first one, he stole one over Swerve, and then he just handed CM Gallagher a nice little ass whooping. And the only way I could pair it is, you have a hoop, and like playing one-on-one, two-on-two, 21, game to 11 or something, king of the hill, whatever, and you get, you get beat, you get put out, and then you just get pissed off because you're like, I shouldn't have got beat like that. And then you just go on a streak of whooping everybody's ass, and then you get put out again, and it's like, all right, watch, rinse, and repeat. That's how I see it. He's like, nah, man, I ain't finna take this ass whooping for Monday like that. I'm gonna have to come out and show y'all to put some respect on my name until I go get whooped again the next Monday. Like he just had a bad day at the office. Mondays just aren't his day at the office. Apparently. Apparently, which I am still having a hard time understanding. <laughs> Yeah, and apparently CM Gallagher just has no good days at the office, and I'm not going to stop calling this man CM Gallagher. Yeah, that's like a thing now. Yeah, I mean, it's like he went away as a nice little gentleman. He comes back, tatted up on the arms, a chest tattoo that leaves a lot to be desired, looks incomplete. And tights that really don't match, comes wearing a nice little cape, and then you just get your ass whooped. Like, yeah. Like he had a couple little nice moments on 205 Live when they still had episodes, but for this Cruiserweight tournament, he's been catching them L's. I told you, there were two people in this tournament that had one job, and that was to take L's Tony Nice and CM Gallagher. I was there with you on T- Tony Nice. I, I didn't think it was going to be somebody else. It was just, you are here to maybe get your shit in. And that is it. It's unfortunate, man. It's unfortunate what they're doing with uh, Gallagher in the midst of this this new um, change in character. Yeah, it has potential. It's just he ain't looking too high in this Cruiserweight tournament. That's all. At all. Not one bit. Yeah, I mean, it's round robin. Some somebody had to look bad here. And I don't know where they're going with this. I mean, and also that was the no, but that wasn't the only cruiserweight tournament match. But it looks like from it looks like we're headed for some type of four, maybe even bigger of a tie in the tournament. The way they're booking it right now. Yeah, but ties are broken by head to head records. And if you look at Group B. It's like Tazawa, CM Gallagher, Swerve Strickland, and Phantasma. Phantasma's your new, your new shiny toy. I thought he was going to go undefeated, but clearly you had Swerve pick up a fluke win, made Swerve look strong. Swerve is always a solid hand. Like you don't want him looking horrible in this tournament because Swerve will probably be right into contention for that next feud, like after you crown your interim champ. Mm-hmm. And then you have Tazawa, which to both our surprise is 2-0 and and is looking like money. And I love it that they're letting wrestlers speak in their native tongue. Like, please give me all the Japanese wrestlers talking that talk in Japanese. 
it just adds something extra fresh and authentic to it. So it's like, boom, you got those three. Gallagher is the least known of those three names. Why not? And he's supposed to be a heel now anyway. You got three baby faces. There you go. Sorry, Seal Gallagher. Maybe next time. Yeah, maybe next time. The next match was kind of quick, and we got uh, Jacob's favorite girl in the entire WWE, uh, Chelsea Green taking on Zia Lee. It was actually, I mean, I wouldn't characterize this as a squash match, but it was fast. It was fast. Uh, I think the interests were actually, uh, both superstars are actually longer. Um, and that was because Aaliyah, who I think you so eloquently put in on Twitter, it's like Zia Lee and Aaliyah are going to fight forever. And um, yeah, that's what it's looking like. Aaliyah wants that smoke because she got her nose broken. And I'm, I'm, I love it. I love it. Play off that angle so much. But in the end, um, the interference, twice she tried to interfere. One time she got kicked off, but the second time she distracted her enough just for Chelsea Green to get off a very half-assed unprettier. Um, <laughs> but it was enough to get the win. So Chelsea Green, I think, is now in singles competition, maybe like three and one, two and one. I know she hasn't lost since she took that first L to Caden Carter. And that's disqualifying uh, that ladder match because it's not singles. But I don't know what to make of this feud with Aaliyah and Zia Lee and where it's going to go. But it definitely seems like Robert Stone is now courting Aaliyah to be a part of the Robert Stone brand. Something that I, we've talked about before is him adding other members to the brand. Um, I was hoping that they add Kona Reeves and some others. But could it be? is there a possibility that we're going to get an all-women stable? And when's the last time we've seen an all-women stable? Um, Team Bad and what were the other two team names? Team Bad. It was Submission Sorority or something like that, but they changed it because it was a poor name. They changed to like uh, PNC or PBC or something like that. God, that's right. That's right. It was called Submission Sorority. (laughs) Don't Google that, kids. Don't, don't, don't Google that. And I forgot the other one. Um, it's like PVC, Team Bad, and there was wasn't there a third? There was a third because you had Naomi, Sasha, Tamina. and Tamina. That was Team Bad. Becky, Paige, and Charlotte, and Charlotte. And then you had the Bellas and somebody was rolling with the Bellas. I forgot who was it it Alicia was, Fox. Yeah, it was okay. Yeah, it was Alicia Fox. Yep, here we go. Now, I guess you can count the uh, Shayna Baszler, Marina Shafir, and uh, that's the other stable. Yep, Team PCB. And then you had the Bellas with, yep, Alicia Fox. Oh, boy, those were fun times, fun times. Yeah. So we could get all women stable. I mean, if Aaliyah joins, I don't know who else they would want to join. I mean, I think it makes sense to allow the hires if you still want to do that thing with Vanessa Bourne and Aaliyah, just put both of them in that stable. But who else probably needs some – who else 
who else is not doing anything right now? Um, women's division. Yeah. So Chelsea Green picked up the win with the Unprettier. You call it a half-ass Unprettier kill switch. I mean, more or less, it's about the same thing. But yeah, she puts a little run and jump to hers. I don't, know if the, I don't know if the jump was on purpose. It's always been there, but slight sidebar. Can we talk about how the kill switch slash Unprettier is criminally underrated as a finishing move when Christian does it? <sighs> it has to be set up right. Like, I, I want the full... I want the whole, like... Grab the arms from the full Nelson and turn around and do it. Not not like just grab the the wrist and turn around. Like it has to be done to completion, which it hasn't always been. Like it's not sweet chin music RKO level, but it's up there. Like it's yeah, one it's of those nice finisher. slept on finishers because you can literally hit it on anybody. Right. Which is very key and clutch for a finisher, if you ask me. But yeah, Aaliyah stuck her nose. Inside Lee's business didn't get broken this time. They're going to continue to run this feud because it does nothing but something at the same time. It gives Leah TV time to get better. I feel like she's been around for like ever since like NXT started, and I think she plateaued. Could be wrong, but that's just me. I feel like she's plateaued. Like she ain't getting much better. People go to bat for her. I don't see it. Who am I to question? I think Natty has gone to bat for her. So who am I to question a heart of all people? But just looking from the outside as a fan and analyst, yeah, that ain't it, Chief. Like, I would rather watch Liv Morgan wrestle. We are not accepting Liv Morgan slander on this podcast. You, you, you don't have to accept it. I'm just simply stating a fact. And Zai Lee... I feel like Zali is like that hand that you're just Zali is like a lesser Natty. Well, no, because that's an insult to Natty. Natty's actually in title contention. I don't know who Zali would be, but basically she's that one where you're like, you know what? You're damn good. You're athletic. You can do what you can do. You might be a slight bit unsafe depending upon who you ask. Like you might accidentally get a little stiff which, you know, could be a translation from the Chinese-Japanese style of wrestling that she's accustomed to, and then coming back over, and then coming over stateside. But she's that solid hand that's athletic, but you know they're never going to give her a legit push or title reign. Yeah, at least not now. And that's, I think that's the problem. Well, not, it's not a problem. It's a great problem to have if it is uh, how deep the division is in NXT. Yeah, now, yeah, and I think they actually wanted to try start pushing Zaylee, but then she broke Aaliyah's nose, which they knocked her down a couple of pegs. Because if you look back a few months ago, um, she put on a really good showing against Shayna Baszler, but she then did. it's like all that momentum stops after that mistake. Yeah, I was gonna say, but it's also like, was it a legit? Like, did she really try to break it, or was it just one of those freak accident things? I think she had too much on her kick, too much on her kicks. So it's like, okay, still a little bit too green. We like the character, liked everything he was doing. Let's 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 bring you back to earth a little bit. Let's let's pull the reins on this push that we had. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
But uh, to answer your question about who could join the Robert Stone brand, looks like Leah is likely to find her way there, for better or for worse. I would have said Perrazzo before they gave her the, her release. Feel like mm. she would have been a perfect fit, right? Like just perfect. The virtuoso, Shari has that like uptight. I'm better than you character. Could have slid her right in with Chelsea Green. Maybe give her a little character tweak to kind of more align with Chelsea Green and Robert Stone's whole image of like the. I don't want to say Playboy, but like the Hollywood type, the model type, the I'm better than you type. Yeah. Would have been perfect. Um, Narcissistic characters. Yep. Like she'd have been perfect. I got an outside option that you might not like, but I feel like they could kind of work. Oh, um, Raquel Gonzalez and Dakota guy. Um, You know what? I don't dislike that. I think they're fine as a standalone, but I don't dislike that just because. you add Mike skills to what they're currently doing. And I think that's the only thing missing from Kai and Gonzalez is like somebody to carry them on the mic and Robert Stone can be their mouthpiece. So I'm, I don't hate it. I don't hate it at all. Yeah. It's like, you're like, they're fine by themselves, like perfectly fine. They're doing great. I enjoy it. It's just like you said, they're kind of missing Mike skills to a extent. And also it just adds another layer Because Mm -hmm. now, if you ever look at most factions, you have a true tag team, you have muscle, and then you have your solo star. And are a chicken shit and a manager. Robert Stone's your manager. Your solo star is Chelsea Green. Your muscle would be Raquel Gonzalez. Your chicken shit is Dakota Kai. Yeah. I could totally get behind it, actually. This makes sense. Like you make a few little tweaks here and actually it'd be less of a full complete commit to the stable, more of like a alliance type stable Mm -hmm. where it's like, Hey, we rock with you. You rock with us. We don't need to do the whole Hollywood glitz and glamor, but don't worry. We're good though. So yeah, you can call us one of yours type deal. Whereas if you had like Perrazzo still here, that's full fledged. Robert Stone cutting a promo by the pool in your bikini. I'm better than you. Look at my lifestyle. Look at my body. All that type gimmick. I actually hope they do this now. You're welcome. Actually. Um, so at the end of this podcast, Jacob is going to actually drop not only our social media handles, but he's going to drop his Venmo. And cash app tags. So <laughs> if you're listening, um, WWE, go ahead and forward him the invoice money there. Um, that's a damn good idea. Like, look, man, all I'm saying is cut me a ch- cut us a check because we've been spot on on a lot of things here. Like I called really the have. heater. I called the heater. I called the wrong person, but I damn sure said there's a heater coming. You did. And lo and behold, right there in – at the Performance Center, Raquel Gonzalez. I mean, I'm just saying, guys, like, you know, speaking of which, you actually, you know what would be perfect? And I can't believe this one just hit me, and two, I'm actually about to suggest this. Duke and Shafir. 
Yeah, that, I mean, they got to do something with Marina Shafir and Jessamine Duke. They have to. Like that's your tag team and that's your muscle. But you know what's crazy? Um, and I and I saw this uh, this theory on Twitter earlier this week after Monday Night Raw. They were saying that people were online saying, well, "Why haven't they officially moved Shayna Baszler to Monday Night Raw on WWE.com?" No, oh, they still have um, Josiah Williams listed, which to be which is interesting because literally they have Scarlett Bordeaux and Killer Cross listed now. Yeah. But Bianca Belair was moved from NXT to Raw almost immediately. So there might be a chance that Shayna Baszler's work on Raw – or sorry, on NXT isn't done yet. Mm, possibly. Um, what's really interesting is they – so they haven't re- removed Josiah Williams. However, Drake Maverick is nowhere to be found. I'm going to go check the 205 lock. 205 live roster real quick but Drake Maverick isn't on the NXT roster neither is the Virtuosa she's gone but yet Josiah was released he's still listed mm. that, it looks up to date like you have Nigel Mike Rome, Pete Dunn is still there you added both halves of the Punjabi Punishers you got Rhea Ripley you got Scarlett like Everybody's there. You've got Timothy Thatcher, so I don't know, man. I don't know if this is just an oversight, but some look a little funny, funny. Tell me about it. 205 Live. Nope, Drake Maverick isn't listed on 205 Live, so he's gone. So it's like, what is we doing here? Oh, interesting note. They have Mark Andrews from NXT UK listed on 205 Live. Along with Raul Mendoza, who is still in the back of a Suburban. Never to be seen again until we get some more answers on that angle, which we didn't see this week, but it's coming back. Somebody got kidnapped this week. Also, Phantasma wasn't in action. So I think they're still going to try to kidnap Phantasma. Yeah, they got to do something with him because I'm still not feeling it. But you know what I am feeling? <laughs> what are you feeling? That carrying cross entrance. And Ooh. I think it set Twitter ablaze on Wednesday night because, oh, my God. When you talk about rivaling interests in WWE, that had, uh, it had the same feeling of Bray Wyatt and The Fiend. It was like it was different. It was dark. It's a bunch of smoke. Um, the the – the uh, standstill pose in the ring, the silhouette, all, all of it was dope. Everything about it. I didn't even care about the match after that. I was like, oh, damn, let's do that again. I've literally ran this entrance back at least three to five times. Like, you start with Scarlet just standing there. It's black and white. You have the fog. It's shot different. It's directly head on. You have the, I believe that's a vulture flying in the video, and it comes into her. It looks like she has wings. You got that nice feel like, oh, hell, death has arrived. We done opened the gates of hell. The demon, the devil himself has walked through the gates. All hell's about to happen. Doomsday is upon us. You're building up off of those promos. She's standing there. Then here comes Killer Cross walking his big swole ass right out, stands right in front of her. And you just look and you just go, this man is money. Right. Like money. Like we are printing money, son. 
and then Cross, I mean, Scarlet, she gets rid of whatever little gown she has on. You go to a different little angle. You see the fire from the side. Cross just stands there. Something about that armful just looks real menacing. Scarlet slides in front. She's mouthing the words. That the fact that she was singing the music the whole time was dope, too. It's just perfect. Like, if you haven't seen this, please go watch it. I'm sure it's on WWE's YouTube it's just perfect. Like you, you're in black and white. You're black, white, gray. You have that whole death feel. Like you said, she's singing the words the whole time. The camera's focused on her about ninety percent of the interest. If we're going to be honest, and boy, will we get a live crowd? It is going to ring off like nobody's business. So I have a theory about that. Because I think the camera angles and the focus is what made this entrance what it was. I don't know if they can emulate that with a live audience. And I, I even tweeted about that because I, I just don't. Maybe I've been quarantined too long, but I just can't <laughs> see it. Because I was like, damn, that was so dope. I think the live audience will mess it up. I can see how you feel like that. But here's my thing. That live audience... We got at least, I'm going to just go out on a limb and say we got at least about a month and a half, right? Before we start to see live audiences, if I was Ooh, a betting person. That's what we're thinking. At least, if I was a betting man, I'd say month and a half, yeah, I'll take the over. So I'm going to say July. Which, Wait, that, but that's, that's kind of what you, no, I'll take that back. I'll, I'll say August. Okay. I'll say August. I'm saying at the earliest July is what I'm saying, like middle of July, first part of July. If you're really, really lucky, because you know, I live in Florida, Florida does stupid shit. Like, Florida man is a thing for a reason. We are home to stupid shit. People just don't realize that states around us also do stupid shit, but we just happen to do stupid shit at next, next level. Like, we are Olympic gold medalists in doing stupid shit. So, we might really mess around and be like, hey, you know what? Screw it. Wrestling's an essential business. WWE, AEW, booming business. Hey, UFC, come on. Bring your ass on down to Jacksonville. Go and put these fights on where, you know, you got people bleeding and sweating all over each other. You're bringing people from different parts of the country. Screw it. You know what? If he dies, he dies, to quote a Rocky Lion light. Like it. It's Florida. We're printing money, baby. Come on, Dana. Bring the business on. You know on. what? Now that you say that, and this just popped into my head. I'm sorry. This has nothing to do with wrestling and everything to do with Florida. Um, there is a social media account. Um, I don't know if you're, you're familiar with it. It's called Nature is Metal. No. Okay. So Nature is Metal, they have a IG page as well as a Twitter page. And there was a, a viral where they post all these different things of nature, pretty much nature, just naturing, if you would. Um, and there was this video of Florida, and it was a large cat of the lioness kingdom. It said panther, and it attacked and carried off and ate like a regular house cat that somebody left outside. So this is my question for you, because I didn't know this existed. I know mm-hmm. a lot of things exist in Florida, yep. but y'all got panthers? Sir, we have. I live in North Florida. Just in my region, I have bobcats. I have black and brown bears. I have gators, crocs, snakes, coyotes, hawks, falcons, vultures, I have the whole gambit of shit that can kill you on a regular day. 
See, that's wild because I've always liked Florida. Um, as, <laughs> as, a Cali- as a Californian, you know, I always think like, you know what, you want to live somewhere near a freshwater source. I like the weather in Florida. It seems like a good time. But then I saw this damn panther just come up in somebody's driveway, eat their cat. And I was like, they got panthers? Like, that's, that's not normal. The, the hockey team is called the Florida Panthers. Like, they're literally panthers in South Florida. Like, sir, when I tell you Florida is – I can't believe I'm about to say this. Florida is, might as well be the Australia of the United States where damn near everything can kill you. That is – like, I've seen the viral videos of, like, oh, this gator just on the golf course, or this gator just got into the intersection. I'm, I'm cool with that, you know? Like, I went to New Orleans, went to Baton Rouge, we saw, saw gators on the freeway. I get it. But if I'm going for a morning stroll – or I'm going to get some coffee or something like that for like a walk outside, and I see a panther, Duh, like a straight a- up panther. Like, and I'm not talking about black panther. It was a tan color, but it's like it's the fact that a cat that big is just roaming around the community, and ain't nobody, and ain't nobody thought about getting rid of it. So, I bike about four or five miles most days. And I'm in this like mountain bike group. And yes, guys, we're going on a tangent. Welcome to the Believe in NXT podcast. If you're new here, this tends to happen once or twice an episode. But like, I'm in this mountain biking group on Facebook, and they're like, oh, if you go out to the Greenway during certain times of day, like usually right at dusk or dawn, you may see a bobcat or two. And they're like, to be fair, these bobcats were skittish. It's just their normal time where they're like finishing or starting their prowl. But if they see you, they tend to go on about their day. Just don't engage with them. And everybody's like, yeah, okay, perfectly fine. Welcome to Florida. Literally last week or the week before, like two miles, mile and a half up from me, there was a croc in the road like a 10 foot actually i think it was a gate a gator like a 10 foot gator in the road that they had to call fish and wildlife to come get i will open my back door some days and see a hawk just posted on my fence and i'm like yep i'm gonna close my door you can have that all out there by yourself buddy see hawks that that's that don't bother me hawk nah we got hawks out here and hawks are pretty much gonna prey on a smaller animal things like that I'm talking about these these land creatures. Like a hawk can take like a thirty pound dog like it's nothing. Yeah, yeah, but it's not gonna mess with a human unless it's a small child. Yeah, uh, still, but yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah, I'm talking. About, I'm talking about the things that I can't fight off. <laughs> like, oh, hold on, <laughs> sir. Y'all have mountain lions and shit. They're not just they're not just chilling in the community though. Y'all have coyotes saw, running through I saw, your communities. I saw. I'll send you this video, but like literally, it, I saw like a Bentley in the driveway, nice little long driveway. It, the the cat came into the man's home almost, like <laughs> onto the property. So that means like I'm assuming this is a nice neighborhood, not around too much nature. I'm just thinking it's like like a suburb area. It's like this cat just chilling out here like this, and nobody decided to do anything. Coyotes. I saw a coyote. Um, I'm not too far from the mountains, but I saw a coyote crossing the street like a week and a half ago. And it like, it it was big enough that I had to stop my car. But coyotes are scary. They're going to prey on squirrels, rabbits, uh, small dogs, small dogs, things like that. But if you're next to a human, like, unless they're really hungry, they got, they're going to run up on you and your dog. But most of the time they don't. 
they're, they're very say, scary creatures. I had some friends who moved out to, Cal- to Southern Cali to take some jobs, and one of them posted about how, like, a coyote got in their apartment complex and almost snatched their little poodle. And I'm like, well... <laughs> Yeah, they're definitely going to prey on the smaller animals. They're going to hunt and move around in that type of capacity for sure. But I, I don't think there's anything to uh, – <clears throat> I don't think there's anything to be scared of with them. But it, And, yes, there's mountain lions, but you know where the mountain lions live? In the mountains. <laughs> they're, not, they're not running downhill to the community. That's what tripped me out. So if you go on a hiking trail or something like that, or if you live literally like close to mountains and up on like the very top of the hill like me, uh, I like like maybe like I don't know ten miles from where I live, like and you have like these big homes to fill. Yeah, you might encounter a mountain lion sometimes, but nah, they're not just coming all the way down to like the the rural apartment areas near the shopping centers where all the cars are at. That tripped me out. It's like damn, I know. Like I didn't know I could be just going to the beach and just encounter a panther like <laughs> in Miami. Sir, it's more so central Florida, but like we have pythons, we have anacondas. Did you watch Tiger King? I haven't watched it yet. All right, so slight spoiler, but not really. Tiger King starts in Florida, has nothing to do with Carol Baskins and Joe Exotic at that point. It literally starts in Florida near the Everglades with, like, some exotic animal trafficker. So, half the shit here? Not not native here. It's more like exotic shit people have for pets. And it's like, oh, well, damn. Uh, this snake's gotten a little too big. Fuck it, into the wild you go. Oh, this has gotten a little big. Fuck it, into the wild you go. Here we are. Welcome to Florida, where anything might kill you. Crazy, man. It's crazy. And yeah, I've heard about anacondas and stuff like that and the huge snakes. I don't know how people live around that casually and don't want anybody to take care of those things. But yeah, you can't. Um, like, if you take one and then three more pop up, it's like, well, what the fuck? Yeah, I, don't, I couldn't live under those conditions at all. <laughs> I could not. And this, yeah, like you said, that was a, this is a very long tangent, but I had to get it off my chest. All this to turn this back around and say Carry On Cross's interest was dope. Um, if you listen to our preview episode, we were 100% right that somebody was going to get squashed. It wasn't Denzel Dejournette that wears the Steiner Brothers outfit. It was actually Leon Ruff, <laughs> which sounds a lot like Lito Rush, but there is no um, similarities there. Leon Ruff actually tweeted um, uh, that after his first Monday Night Raw match, he's actually named after his father. So, um, yeah. He stood no chance. Karrion Cross pretty much got a debut squash match. And I think he's probably going to get a series more matches just like this until Ciampa finally appears, I'm thinking, in maybe two weeks from now. Yeah, you kind of got to sell the Ciampa um, injury or attack. And on top of this, the nice little extra little touch on Cross's entrance. It's when Scarlett gets in the ring. She's mouthing it some more. And then you go from black and white right into a nice, vibrant red fog. Like, you basically go into an elect, uh, epileptic seizure <laughs> without warning. Right. <laughs> and then that still shot of Scarlet between Cross's legs with the name at the bottom. You got the yellow light. The f- perfect. The man's entrance was also longer than the match. Yep. 
Saying, like, all you need to know about how they're going to build this character. Like that boy, Leon Ruff. You know what? Shout out to all the black wrestlers out here cornering the market of being jobbers. You know what? I salute y'all. Y'all get y'all money. Y'all yeah. job out, get y'all money. Let me find a Leon Ruff t-shirt or um, a Steiner, the Black Steiner Brother t-shirt. Ain't wearing a 2 Hootie Miles shirt, though, because he got to change how he dress. Like, you out here looking like a pit stitch nigga at brunch. Like, no. But let me tell you, let me get a Leon Ruff t-shirt. I'll wear it. I'll wear Pookie for New Jack City t-shirt. <laughs> oh, man. But, yeah. Cross it on with two nice little suplexes. That first one looked like he just took them completely out of the game. Great job selling by Ruff. Like, hey, if you're going to be a jobber, enhancement talent, you're going to have to sell. That man sold him suplexes. Yeah, he did. And then got choked out real quick. I don't even think Cross broke a sweat. Nope, not at all. Then I like how after the match, the ref goes to tr- – kind of try to raise across his hand and he just looks at her and she's like you know what you guys got this I'm going out the ring I want no problems yeah that she saw that ref saw that actually um, very well actually the fear aspect of hey like all right I don't want no problems and speaking of that ref her name is Aja Smith and shout out to her because she is the first full-time African-American female referee for WWE um, if you see that tweet going around on Twitter, it's a very popular tweet. She's she wants y'all to put some respect on her name. Oh, we will definitely so, refer to her as Aja Smith. Smith. Aja Smith from now on out. Shout out to you, Shadi, for getting that shine. You get multiple matches a week. I love it. Happy to see a black woman out here roughing. Yeah, we support that. Definitely support that. <laughs> so we got to talk about this next match. Um, uh, hold on, and- real quick before we slide on to the next one. I got one question. How long will we go with Scarlet dressing in this outfit or outfits that she's going to be in before they accidentally show a full ass shot? Because if you look right when she was hopping on the apron, the camera like cut away real quick. And I feel like they're going to slip up at some point. Uh, They probably, I mean, they might slip up or once we get back to a live audience, um, those outfits are going to change. I don't think they're going to change. I think that's like own brand for the character. I just trying to figure out how long before the cameraman slips up. Like I know they're taping like two weeks at a time right now, maybe three, but it's just like, mm, you're pushing it. Like you're trying to be family friendly. Don't think you want to show the ass of somebody in lingerie. Like, yeah. yeah. Is network TV? Cable TV, I'm sorry, but yeah. Eh, mm, mm. But I'm here for it, Killer Cross. I am 100% here for it. And before we slide into the next match... I got another another sidebar. Um, Yep. So there is an event that's taking place um, tomorrow in the state of Florida. We know that Florida is going to Florida, as we just went on that tangent a minute ago. And we had Hale on the podcast earlier this week and talked some more about... uh, this UFC 249 actually happening. One of the fighters has actually tested positive. Jacare uh, Souza he just tested positive, so his fight tomorrow against Uriah Hall is actually off. But they are still planning to move forward with um, the rest of the card at 249. All this to say, 
I don't know what to believe, but make sure you are being safe with who you are coming in contact with. Yeah, I just saw that. Actually, speaking of Andreas, he tweeted or retweeted a um, tweet from Adam Hill who said he, quote, just spoke with a Florida State Commission official who said he is very, he is still very comfortable with UFC 249 proceeding despite the positive test. Said Chakri disclosed a recent contact with an infected relative and was isolated upon his arrival until results came back. Quote, the system worked. Close quote, close quote. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> Man, if y'all... Another sidebar. Dana White is going to kill somebody. Yeah. That greed, man. Oh. So it was Jacare. Was man was on the scale, barefoot, wearing mask. Oh. So, yeah, hell basically was like, I want no parts of this. I'm not going to Florida to watch this. Like, okay, cool. If y'all want to die, you could die, basically, is what he said to paraphrase him. And it's just like, how pressed are you to put on a show where most people aren't working? Ain't nobody finna spend 80 bucks and you have to sign up for ESPN plus, which is $8 a month, $7 a month and then pay 80 for the pay-per-view. It's just, it's bad business. Like if you wanted to put on a UFC card, make it for free, put on regular ESPN. And now you got a fighter test positive out 24 hours before the cut, man. Look, Man, that's bad press right there, boy. Dude. You finna take a hell of a PR hit. Yeah, court of public opinion gonna be out here in the next thirty minutes. <laughs> Man, but moving on, because uh, we can have opinions on that all day. But I'm sure we got some very flagrant opinions on this. Io Shirai. Um, took on Charlotte Flair for the NXT Women's Championship, which was a match that we didn't expect to happen so soon. Relatively had no build. And in between the circle, squared circle, it was actually a pretty good match, you know. Uh, Charlotte looked like her normal dominant self. EO did a lot of high flying to counter uh, Charlotte and kind of keep her on her heels. Uh, I love that thing Charlotte does with the with the head scissors. And... She puts the person, puts uh, the opponent in a chokehold, but then sw- spins over and slams her face on the ground. I love what she did. I think that's the, my favorite Charlotte Flair thing. And I, I hope she continues to bring that out because it shows her mean streak as a Flair. Um, needless to say, um, we actually thought that Charlotte was going to win this match clean when we gave our predictions, but that's not what happened. And I guess what happened kind of came as a shock to both of us where um, we pretty much got some shenanigans. Didn't really get a conclusive finish. You want to touch on that, Jacob? Um, yeah, it was a – I don't want to say it was a great match. It was a very good match. It was a lot more even, and I might even slightly give EO a little bit of an upper hand. I, and also, I felt like the match was really starting to come to a crescendo – 
was, for a second, I was like, oh, shit, they're really about to do this. They're really about to let EO get one over on Charlotte. Then, of course, Charlotte rolls to the outside, grabs the Kindle stick, which, like, I get the chair isn't necessarily as effective as a weapon or a go-to weapon that it used to be because WWE, to their credit, has basically null and voided chair shots to the head, whether right. protected or not. But I feel... I'm sorry, I'm watching this match live right now, and at the start, I somehow missed this when I first watched it, but Charlotte went for that big boot and EO hit the Matrix. Yeah. <laughs> like, back spin, or back, like, bend back, and I was just like, oh, that is impressive. Charlotte ducked out of the elbows. She went into the flips. Man, look, I'm going to say this right now, and I feel like we say this almost every time when we talk about EO Shirai. Give this woman her flowers. She is easily one of the three best women wrestlers in the world today she's definitely probably top two in wwe Mm -hmm. i say eo and oscar are probably the two best pure just straight up wrestlers in the women's division i got sasha up here i got sasha at three Like, Sasha makes everybody look better. She does that better than both EO and Asuka. But when it just comes to, like, just straight going, I don't think nobody can quite go like those two women. Mm-hmm. And then you could put Charlotte in the top five for WWE. I'd say Natty is, like, six. Or if you put Charlotte four, I don't have an argument for Natty being five. I'm not going to argue on that one. And then you got your Candice LeRae. She's right up there. So, yeah, but... Yeah, like Io Shirai. And this is a very, like, if you haven't seen Eels work in Lucha Underground, like Andrea said, the woman can go and do a lot more than what we've seen in the two years or so she's been in NXT. No hyperbole, Io Shirai is hands down top three, if not top two women wrestlers in the world right now. And it is only a matter of time before she gets that NXT women's title and puts on banger after banger with the likes of Candice LeRae, Mia Yim. Like, you got women that can go in that roster. Hell, you bring Bianca back down. Screw it. We can go ahead and get Rhea Ripley up out the paint. It's just, man, like, you is that damn good. And I'm glad that she's getting a chance to shine and that she didn't get buried by the freight train known as Charlotte Flair. Right. And the reason she didn't get buried is because Charlotte Flair um, figured that if she couldn't beat EO, that she was just going to, you know, get her up out of here. And when she started to get her up out of here, um, she's going to put her in the figure four around the ring post and kind of take her leg out. And we get Rhea Ripley showing up for the first time since WrestleMania to make the save. Boo. Uh, Which I don't know how to feel about that. I don't know how to feel about that. I mean, we've seen we, we last time we saw Rhea Ripley make a save, and I, the people pointed this out online, is that uh, her music hit, and she did her little pose and stomp at the top of the stairs while Bianca Belair was still getting getting whooped on. So <laughs> they scrapped that whole thing, and she just ran out and started attacking Charlotte. Uh, picked Charlotte up and did a, hit a uh, electric chair onto the the uh, ring apron. And then threw her in the ring, pretty much Charlotte Scaries, which set up probably one of the best moments of NXT uh, from this week's episode, where Rhea's leaving, and you hear Io Shirai just hurling Japanese insults at her, 
while Rhea's just saying, shut up. <laughs> that was funny as hell to me. Oh, it was. Because <laughs> he was like, what, what are you doing? I didn't ask for help. And Rhea's just like, shut up, sh- shut up. And again, Sparks and both Andreas called it that this is going to be the Rhea Ripley redemption song. And I give a damn less like i don't want this i'm gonna have to take it but i don't want it like it's it's that problem that both me and you outlined when charlotte and Rhea first started their feud was if charlotte won you are basically turning a whole division into a feeder program until you figure out who's going to take it off of her Sure enough, we had a I had a feeling it would be Rhea, and now they're just like, all right, cool. Here's Rhea. Like the her coming to save EO, and I use save loosely was flat. It just felt flat to me. It was like, okay, like are you like you're really not coming to make the save? You more so just want want it with Charlotte, but it's just like you ain't really do nothing. And now you just introduce yourself into this. So now I got EO versus Rhea, which will probably take a few weeks while Charlotte can sit in the background and just be like, huh, look at you. Y'all fighting and you can't even touch me on some arrogant type stuff. Or maybe you get a triple threat. And it's just like, I don't want Rhea Ripley here because if you get the triple threat, what's going to happen is Charlotte's going to pin EO. And then Rhea's like, hey, you didn't beat me. I want my one-on-one rematch. And then here we go. And you just sacrificed one of the best women's wrestlers and one of the best characters on your brand to make Rhea Ripley look like a star when she completely sucks as a babyface that has no character. Like she was great as a heel in NXT UK, and then you brought her across the pond and basically just screwed it. You screwed the pooch, man. You had it laid up. You had your moment with her dethroning Shayna, and then it went downhill from there because you used the best, most athletic woman as a prop to try to get her over. Took the words out of my mouth. So one thing about this feud, um, and I know it's looking like that. I hope this doesn't lean into this whole, all right, let's veer away from EO versus Charlotte Direct and make it a number one contenders match between Rhea and EO because we know EO didn't lose. Charlotte actually took to Twitter and said, tough loss, but don't worry. I think I will be somehow okay. Uh, PST NXT girls, you will get this belt back when I decide I'm done here and hand it back to Hunter and not a second before, which lends me to believe this is going to be a lengthy title reign. She also had a message for EO saying, I don't leave many matches thinking, wow, I need to keep getting better. And tonight was one of those until we meet again. So maybe all is not lost here and I get my dream match for it's for real. And EO is the one to put a, uh, take the belt off Charlotte. Um, I don't understand. That, I, I mean, Sparks and Hill were right. This is going to be Rhea's big redemption story. I don't think most fans need that because she tapped and lost clean to Charlotte at Mania. I mean, if she gets another shot, cool. I just don't want to see it uh, be at the expense of EO. I don't think anybody wants that. Yeah, like... 
maybe if there was a crowd, there would have been a pop for Rhea returning. Honestly, I feel like she probably would have got booed. It's just like, okay, like, cool. And yeah, it's just, I don't know. Like, I like how Charlotte came out, tweeted, talked that talk. She definitely went to her daddy's playbook for this one. Like, oh, right. I'm losing. Let me just get myself DQ real quick. Uh, catching that fade by somebody coming in. Uh, you know what? I'm going to disappear real quick. I'm just slide right out. And it's just like, okay, cool. You went to your daddy's school of being the dirtiest player. We get it. Nice to see that side of you, but it's just, I don't know, man. I'm just not happy with this. And then, yeah, EO leaves, hobbling, selling the injury, and Rhea's just like, shut up. Just shut up. Just just shut up. It's like, okay, cool. And nice I get edge scuffle there. backstage and – yeah, that scuffle backstage pretty much set up the fact that hey, they they're gonna have a match with each other, which is like, oh my gosh! So now Charlotte just gets to hang on to this title for a little bit longer while we just downplay the fact that EO rightfully won this one-on-one match to earn a title shot. But okay. We're gonna let them. We're gonna let them cook and see what they do, man. Hopefully, it's like a triple threat or something like that. Yeah, but it ain't gonna give us the result that we want. So, absolutely not. That's the problem. If we don't get the result we want, then it's gonna be even more flagrant. Even more flagrant. We had another NXT interim cruiserweight title tournament match with Kushida taking on Jake Atlas. And I actually just watched this match back right now. And they, this was a damn good match. If there was any match on the card uh, this week that was like, you need to watch this, this match, it was this one. Because it kept you on the edge of your seat the entire time. Jake Atlas is showing that he's going to be next up, whether he uh, goes far in this tournament or not. And I remember, I just saw the spot that I was trying to tell you about earlier. It was when Kushida went for a clothesline and Jake Atlas pretty much did like this backflip and hit him with a neck breaker. That like, it made me be like, oh, damn, what was that? Um, and there's so many sequences like that, even on the outside of the ring, that just made me open my eyes. And then the ending sequence where um, after throwing Kushida back in the ring, trying to dive on top of him and pretty much getting put in an arm bar midair, Kushida is showing fans that he's, he can like, hit that arm bar from anywhere, kind of like an RKO. And I think that's why he's getting pushed right now because he's so um, innovative with his in-ring style. And I'm actually starting to come around on Kushida actually winning this whole thing. Yeah, because they had plans for Kushida when he first got here. And much like most Japanese wrestlers, when they come over, they seemingly get bit with the injury bug. Yeah, for whatever reason, too. Most famously, Kenta, a.k.a. Why am I blanking on his name just now? Hideo um, Atami. Yep, Hideo Atami. Yeah, so this match was a great display of athletic ability. I tried to tell you that Jake Atlas could do a lot of stuff in the ring, and you're like, yeah, I don't see it. Glad you're coming around. Stick with me, kid. We're going places. <laughs> but, like, there was one spot where Kushida whipped Atlas into the ropes and, like, 
set him up for, I think, a monkey flip, and Atlas, like, dove through it and hand right into a handstand and then walked on his hands for a little bit. Like, come on. This is just a great athletic display. And knowing you, you're probably going to be like, this is what I expected from Phantasma, because I'm sure that's what you want to say. A nice high-flight match. Atlas the words definitely right out of my mouth. <laughs> yeah, I figured. It's exactly. When you say, oh, he's this high-flying luchador. Yeah, I don't see none of that, man. <laughs> yeah, Atlas definitely has next up. Like, the kid just got here. He has a future. They're going to let him cook for a little bit. And you know what? I'm a little mad right now. Because you know what I'm getting robbed of, potentially? Jake Atlas, Leo Rush. Mm. Give that a solid 10 minutes. And you can tell me that that wouldn't ring off like that wouldn't be good. Yeah, that would. Just all the different stunts they can do in the ring. Man, you can, oh, so many different types of matches you can be getting right now. Like, it would be perfect. So, Kushida goes to 2 0. Yeah, we already talked about Tazawa being 2 0 in the other group. Um, something's got to give. Something's got to give in this tournament to give us somebody who can actually seem like they can challenge Devlin. Devlin put out a pretty fire tweet the other day about um, you have a better chance of finding sweets in my fridge and finding me a credible opponent for the Cruiserweight title out of this tournament. So he's keeping a very close eye on the tournament, which I think is going to be cool when um, we actually figure out who's going to fight Devlin. Cause people are forgetting that Devlin is that guy and then, and, and getting lost in all of this. Yeah. Like there was a reason why when we did the world's collide preview and we talked about the cruiserweight title match that both of us were like, well, if you're going to pull the title off of Garza, it's going on Devlin. <laughs> right. Like the boy can go. And it's sad that COVID-19 kind of took that moment away from him. But, hey, when he comes back, and especially if this is like Kushida or, say, um, Tazawa or Phantasma, because I feel like those are the three favorites right now. Maybe Swerve might sneak in there. Yeah. Ooh. All of those are going to be bangers. You let that cook for a nice two-month program, culminate it at a takeover, let it open the show. Chef's kiss, baby. Money. Give it a good 10, 15 minutes. Money. Perfect. There's so many ways they can cook this with this tournament, man. It's a, just hoping for the best outcome possible. And hell, you might even get Drake Maverick winning this, and then you could just have Devlin come through and just play the whole asshole. Like, you know what? Oh, I'm glad that you, you know, you your dreams, you won. You're trying to prove your job. Uh, I don't care. I'm here to crush your dreams. Put him out of his misery. Yep. Because that's what heels do. That's the way that I think they should go with it, but it doesn't seem like they're going to take that turn. Um, but there's still time to tell. So, I mean, we'll see. We'll see what happens with Drake Maverick when he's in action next week. Like I said, I think there's going to be some type of tie here that allows him to actually have another chance to win the entire thing. 
Um, where else do we have to go here? Because we had – I know we got to talk about Finn. Yep, we had a Finn promo. Yeah, because I got, I got, I yeah. Let's talk about Finn now because we gonna have some thoughts on that next this next match. Um, actually, we, I don't think we can talk about Finn without talking about this, right? Or was it Finn promo next? Just the Finn promo, and then it led into what came yeah, after. It led into what came after. So Finn comes out and he cuts his promo, and I thought we were actually gonna get answers in regards to who attacked him, and I thought it was going to be obvious and be Imperium, but it was pretty much Finn just cutting a promo saying he know he thought all of the big snakes were actually in the corporate offices, but he said there's some snakes in the locker room uh, hinting at, all right, somebody attacked him who's just looking to get their name out there and get a big push, but he said, trying to attack me is not going to get you a push, it's going to get you squashed. I mean, that's pretty much what Finn was saying, and undoubtedly Finn is on a great run. You can argue that he's the guy in NXT. Uh, he's a pretty protected character now. So we have this mystery hanging over our heads of who attacked Finn. And that's what led us into the next match. Yeah, Finn came out. He pulled up to his little podium, got nice and comfortable. Like you said, it was like, oh, I thought all the snakes were in the big office. Finn basically just dropped bars, like one no Nas mid-level bars. He came with Illmatic oh bars. Oh, my God. Come on, bro. <laughs> you doing that today? Man came with Illmatic bars. It was just like, hey, if somebody want to make a little name for themselves, get a push, all that, that's cool. But you're messing with the wrong one. I'm the prince, I ran this. I like this little asshole I'm better than you. I want my title back. Stop saying my name, Finn Balor. I like it. I like it. Man, it works. Bars in these promos real quick and easy. And then, yeah, Finn was like, all right, cool. I'm going to find you, and I'm going to hand you this fade real quick, and I'm going to let you know you ain't going to get your little push like you think. And then yeah. Finn was like, all right, cool. I'm gone. And then your you're favorite. not going to make your name off of me. Yep. And then your favorite came out. Good old country strong, Cameron Grimes, <laughs> <laughs> and all his splendor um, came down to the ring for a match. And this is actually where we got our um, our other jobber brother, Denzel Dejeuner, who um, pretty much dresses like a '90s Steiner brother with the. With the leotard that like like a big E type leotard, but he obviously is wearing amateur wrestling gear. And um, God, we gotta talk about this, man. Cameron Grimes is so trash. Um, <laughs> this match lasted maybe thirty seconds, maybe a minute. And I can't stress to you enough, my jaw dropped the fact that Cameron Grimes got a squash match. He literally started. He he literally started the match trying to do the only move he knows, which is the double stop. Misses. I think maybe Dejeuner, Maybe maybe he got a suplex in. Um. But literally, Cameron Grimes comes back and hits the double stop that looked super telegraphed. That it doesn't look like it would actually work <laughs> in a real fight. But he hit that and then wins the match. 
And then we get Cameron Grimes with a hot mic. And I don't think we had Cameron Grimes with a hot mic since he was getting booed out of full cell. Um, we had live audiences still. And he's pretty much just spitting some bars about somebody beat him to attacking Finn. And if it was him, he would have got the job done, would have knocked Finn's head off, stuff like that. And you see the back, you see Finn actually walking into the ring from the back and he confronts um, Cameron Grimes. Actually, I'll let you take over from there because I, I'm, I'm disgusted that he got a squash match. All right, so this match started at 134 and like 29, and I'm watching it now. It stops at 134.49. So one hour, 34 minutes, and 29 seconds in, it starts. It literally stopped 20 seconds later. Like Grimes wow. came out, tried for the double stomp, missed caught two belly-to-bellies, and then caught him with a double stop. Like you said, it was kind of telegraph. He knows one move. Yet we push him. Yet we put him on our screens. Look, at Impact, he was pretty decent. I went back a couple weeks ago, watched a few little Impact clips. He was pretty good. I got to find a clip of Killer Cross breaking a cinder block on his head because it was great and it would bring you joy. So when I find that, I'll send it to you. Okay. But yeah. We gave Grimes a hot mic, and he basically was like, yeah, whatever, Finn. I'd slap Finn right now if he was here. Just start talking that talk, that cash money. And like you said, Finn, you just see Finn just slowly pop back out with his head caught to the side a little bit and just looking like, is he really this damn stupid? And Finn's just like, okay. Well, let's just see if you're going to slap me like you say you're going to slap me. Yeah, pretty Grimes. much talk that talk right now. I'm in your yeah, face. And Grimes is like, nah, man. You know, it's just in a moment. I was just saying. Also, I'm watching this now. Finn just literally power walked with his head turned sideways. and was like, really? Hey, I'm going to slide in real smooth. He even took a pause and he was like, this, still talking. Like, he's still talking reckless. <clears throat> Walks beside him. Let's him talk reckless. Looks at him. It's like, what'd you say? Like, Finn's facial expressions have been priceless since he's come back. Yeah. Like, I'm so glad that he went back to NXT, got this nice little character rebirth, because the whole smiley, happy Bala Club is for everybody. Finn can go jump off of a short bridge, like take a long walk off a short cliff. Like, it just wasn't it. Like, we all felt like you were missing that Prince Devitt, that edge that Finn had in New Japan, and that edge that Finn had when he first arrived in NXT. So you think he got his edge back then? Oh, he definitely has his edge back. I don't care if he's a face, a heel, if he's just a badass who's just here to say, hey, keep my name out your mouth and leave me alone. I'm just here for my title. But if you want to smoke, I am more than happy to oblige. And I love it. It looks like we're going to get Finn and Cameron Grimes next week. And you know how Grimes got a squash match in this week? He going to get squashed next week, baby. I do I do like that about Finn a lot, that he's like just dead ass, equal opportunity ass whoopings. <laughs> he don't care if you're babyface, heel, everybody can get this work. And I think that's what's making this character uh, so dope right now. I don't care who you are. Like, just leave me alone. That's it. Just leave me alone and stop saying Cole is the greatest NXT champ in history. And I ain't got no problem with you. 
But if you say my name, I'm gonna have to hand you an ass whooping real quick. Yep. That's what it's about. Yep. So hopefully I say in the coming weeks we figure out who the snake is that Finn referred to. What if? What if huge what if here? Like I'm probably reaching about as hard as I've reached on this podcast in about forty five episodes or so. Mm-hmm. What if the snake in the grass is also the leader of who's been behind these kidnappings? That would be dope. So they got to come hard with that. Like, what if they tried to kidnap Finn and they couldn't get the job done, so they just kind of handed him like a little lightweight fade? If they if they do that, if they if they have somehow tie that angle in, they can't miss with whoever the leader is. Like you just you can't miss it all. You can't, but I'm just saying, like, if you could pull that off in a good way, like it's high risk, very high reward, very little margin of error. Yeah. By the way, these masked men that have been running around trying to kidnap people, it feels like they have a there's a weird play on them. And the Dark Order and AEW a little bit. I don't know. I was watching AEW last night, and I was like, oh. Or, yeah, whenever I was watching it. I was like, oh, these masks look very similar to the guys trying to kidnap people. It just looks like they didn't even try. But we'll see. Explain. Like, I need a little bit more to that. Like, explain. They're very generic luchador masks. Mask. Yeah, they are. Very generic. Um, nothing flashy about them. Black mask, just some color over the front. It seems like this gimmick that we're getting in NXT is going to be kind of like that gimmick, where they're not necessarily luchadors underneath those masks. And I don't know why they're targeting luchador um, wrestlers. If they tried to target Finn Balor, that would be a stark difference than what we've seen the past month and a half for some change. Yeah, because you basically had been targeting nobodies, for lack of a better term. Are Hear the, me out. Are the very bottom of the card? Hear me out. All right. What if they kidnap Rey Mysterio at Money in the Bank? <laughs> and that's that's how you get them up out of here. You see, you see them at the headquarters. Uh, Rey Mysterio gets attacked, gets taken out. And you see a car pull up, and they just take Rey Mysterio's, like, unconscious body and just throw it in the car, drive off. They just drag Rey's lifeless corpse, corpse, and it's like, all right. Book it. Make that happen at Money in the Bank. You You already have my attention. If you do that, gold. Gold. I don't care who the leader is at that point. Let me know that anybody with a, that wears a mask in wrestling can get got. That would be hilarious. <sighs> All right, so since we're going to go down this rabbit hole, I'll do you one better. Instead of Ray, what if they just snatch up the Lucha Brothers right before their match starts? Like, tell me Lucha House Party? I mean, yeah, Lucha House Party, not the Lucha Brothers. Oops, wrong Luchadors. You are, you all do not look alike. I am completely sorry. Um, yeah, I can see that too. 
And you know what? That would lead credits. That would lend credits to my original theory of who's behind this. Like I tweeted you earlier. <laughs> <laughs> Them Agon boys gonna be at it. I'm telling. I'm telling you. We'll see, man. They tied. They have to do something big now. The writers better be on top of their game, man. Yeah. Come so, with it. who do we think attacked Finn? Because I feel like it may have been Alexander Wolf. Like me and you were talking about before we started. Maybe it was Alexander Wolf. Maybe, maybe just maybe find a way to get Wolf and our Walter into the country. Maybe they've been in the country. There's no telling. Because I feel like Walter is the type of person that if he was in the country would just keep a very low profile anyway. Right. Even without the whole quarantine and social distancing. So maybe it was Wolf. Like, yeah, I, and I hope it has something to do with Imperium because I don't want to scrap that match because that match would be, would be money whenever it happens. So I'm hoping it has something to do with Imperium in some form or fashion. But the way... They had Finn cut that promo. It's like a complete smoke screen, man. It's like it makes me feel like it's going to be somebody just random. All right, so let me look at the NXT roster right now. If it's somebody random, it's like who? We know it's not Adam Cole. We know it's not Austin Theory. We know it's not Fish. Bronson Reed? Wow, babyface. Maybe you want to turn him heel. He looks better as a heel. Not when he's running around calling himself uh, Thick Boy. Hey, man, you throw that gimmick right out the window. Uh, Damian Priest. Yeah, I can see Damian Priest. It's not Swerve. It's not Drake. It's not see Damian Priest. If it's Killian Dane, give him him something to do. That would be dope. But Actually, yeah, Killian Dane might be the best bet. It's not Mansoor because we're not in Saudi. Arnie Larkin, uh, Shane Thorne, nope. We know it's not Killer Cross, not Thatcher, not Champa. Yeah, it's gotta be Killian Dane. Unless you are bringing somebody else in. Yeah, unless you bring somebody else in. I think it might be a safe bet that they bring somebody else in that is just looking to make a name for themselves. If not, then... Yeah, man, I don't know. It has to be somebody from Imperium doing the dirty work because that just, it makes sense. This NXT UK, Dave Mastiff is a face. Eddie Dennis would make sense. Dragunov mm. would make sense. Um, the Coffee Brothers and Wolfgang are faces. Tyson T-Bone, maybe. Trent Seven, Tyler Bader faces. Yeah, like, you only have, like, a handful of people. So, maybe it's Imperium. That's my bet, until you prove me otherwise. Or maybe it was Cameron Grimes, which I doubt, but still. Yeah, I doubt. Yeah, I hope not. (laughs) Hanging my hat on Imperium for now. Same. Until you prove me different. So, we got to talk about this uh, NXT championship match between Adam Cole and Velveteen Dream, um, which it could have been a better match. I think they did it way too soon, but 
but there might have been reasoning for them to do everything so soon with the allegations that have been brought against uh, Velveteen in the past couple weeks of him uh, doing child pornography, if you will. Um, we talked about this offline. The match really wasn't the greatest. I think Adam Cole did a lot of good spots in this match. Velveteen Dream kind of showed it was it wasn't a it wasn't big match Velveteen Dream, if you would. I and mean, I feel like if you had a crowd behind Velveteen, a lot of these spots he did would look way better. Um, with that being said, and I can't believe I'm going to say this, um, the highlight of this match was Dexter Loomis sliding from underneath the ring <sighs> to confront. Bobby Fish and Roderick Strong because it was done so creepy and awkward. It just made me think for like the next 10 minutes, like, damn, how long was he underneath the ring? Good minute since at least a commercial break. So, yeah. Um, all that to be said is my worst fear happened. And I know you're going to disagree. Um, the interference was enough for Velveteen Dream to be distracted, even though he wasn't touched or attacked, and get hit with the last shot, even though he technically pinned Adam Cole while the referee was down. And I thought it was very corny that Dream yelled ref when the ref is right behind you. You know, you see, you just looked at the ref over there on the ground, man. You still yelled ref. Um, either way, Dream got pinned clean. And that's all I take away from this match is that he got pinned clean which makes me feel like this was a cool-off for Velveteen until we get more answers in regards to what happened. <sighs> all right, so we all talked about this with Hell and Sparks. But, yeah, the safe bet was Velveteen was going to lose. Like, we all knew that. The question was how. And depending upon how he lost is what tell us how WWE felt in regards to him and the allegations that he is facing. And like you said, he lost. You could call it. It wasn't really clean. And it also wasn't really a dusty or dirty loss. Like you had the shenanigans. Cole hits the last shot. One, two, three. Dream has the argument that if the ref didn't get bumped and so on and so forth. So you have room to revisit it. But this is how I knew for a fact that Velveteen was going to take an L. He came out, had the nice little jacket on and everything. Soon as he took that bonnet off and I saw them braids, I was like, yeah, he finna get his ass smoked today. <laughs> like, them braids weren't it, champ. <laughs> Plus, they were like no fancy tights. I was like, yeah, he finna take this L today. And it was, a, it was a good match. It needed more time to build. Like you said, like, they just threw this together. They're like, oh, yep, you got allegations of putting your dick in other people's DMs, allegedly. And again, we emphasize allegedly here. It's like, yeah, we're going to have to cool you off just a little bit. So what do you do? You have the creep hide underneath the ring. Undisputed Era comes down. He pops up. So is Dexter Loomis a face or a heel? Ooh, I think he's still in that tweener phase. I think maybe he's gravitating to Velveteen Dream for some reason, but all his matches have definitely made him seem like a heel. 
have they? Or have they just been straight squash matches? Like, you have squashes for faces, too. Yeah, I guess so. It just... Hmm. I mean... We're talking about Dexter Loomis. And I think that's exactly what they want. And that's why they put him in these different spots to get the character in our minds. And I really don't think they've defined what they want him to be yet. Fair enough. It's just like, again, like we said before with Andreas, you need a crowd for Dexter Loomis so you can definitively know which way. Because if you look at him, most of it's like, yeah, you should probably be a heel. Like you're a creepy little stalker. And maybe this is how you make him a heel. Because think about it. He stuck his nose in Dream's business. It, this started with them. It's Peter Air. He showed up randomly. I think it's the tag title match. He, then he comes and saves Dream the next week. Now he saves Dream again, but he cost Dream this time. Right. So now it's like, eh, well, I got a beef like, with you. It gives them What are you team. doing? Leave me alone. <laughs> yeah. Like, and then Dexter's just like, Stares at him. is like, whatever. Or maybe he smacks him and jumps him. Then you definitively know he's a heel. Right. So it's like that roundabout way of, oh, he looks like a face. And it's like, nah, nah, screw you, Velveteen. I'm going to put these hands on you real quick. Oh, yep, he's a heel. So maybe that? I really don't know. It's so hard to tell. I just know we need a loud, um, a live crowd to definitively point Dexter Loomis one way. Right. For now, what we do know is that Adam Cole's championship reign still continues. He cut a little promo on .com exclusive afterwards, uh, talking about how he's the greatest NXT champion of all time, whatnot, that this reign's going to continue to go, and um, how nobody's on his level, that he should just take some time off. Um, So we'll see what happens there with, with Cole. I'm pretty sure we'll get some moments where Dream tries to vie for another, I guess, another championship spot. But I, it's not looking good, right? From the, from my vantage point right now, it's not looking good for what this means for Velveteen Dream being in that main event spot once and for all. I mean, yeah. It's just... Like we said, he's 23, 24. He has time to figure his stuff out. And like you mentioned, you can see like some of the holes in Dream's work. But it's also it's almost getting to the point where you're reaching um, not quite Dolph Ziggler territory because Dolph had a title reign, but you're almost making him a permanent bridesmaid. Like, how many more times can you put Dream in a title match and not have him win it? How many title matches has he had? World title? At least two, if not three. I think think this was just the second one. Only one I remember was against Ciampa. But how how often has he floated in the orbit of the NXT title picture? Yeah, if you bring... I hate to say that he's always the bridesmaid, never the bride. I... I think this is just bad timing. And unfortunately, with some athletes and there there is that bad timing all the time where people like to kick you while you're down and plant stuff. I, I don't know what's going on here. I don't want to speculate too much, but 
I'm hoping that we get the information that will clear his name and then we get live audiences back, which is why they probably really held off on making this moment um, happen. So that's what you're waiting on. You're thinking that if there was a live audience, Dream would have won, even with the allegations? I think there was a live audience. It, it, it looks better, but I think they didn't want to. I mean, you already know how Twitter gets down. Once people get news without doing any research on their own, it's it's a big cancel party. So there was a huge cancel Velveteen Dream party uh, a little over a week ago now. So I think putting the title on him now would have just caused more more outrage, even though people don't know what's going on. I think they definitely need to have his name clear before they move forward. Yeah, and that might take a while, which is why I was like, you might just want to put him on ice for a couple of months. But it yeah. looks like they're not going that way. Around the t- I think I think I think you know, the chase will still be there for the most part. Um, but as far as another title match. Probably not until we get the audiences back. Okay. Which, which sadly might never happen this year. Um, Because if they're planning to do national football league games um, without audiences already, without fans in the stands, then yeah. (laughs) WWE ain't going to be able to finesse out of that. Yeah. I saw where, like the mayor of Boston issued a press release and was like, we're not doing anything until like September with large groups and gatherings. They're like, there's some smaller things that we may examine on a case by case basis. But yeah. And I was like, well, SummerSlam just went up in the air. Yeah. People are taking extra precaution right now to cancel things. I mean, um, when you look at places of large gatherings, I think people are already looking at like Vegas and some of the hotels are saying that they won't be open like that until 2021. Yeah. It's, it's a weird time that we're in. This may slowly become our new normal. And yeah, it's just, I don't know. It's, I would rather err on the side of caution and be safe than be on the wrong side of history, especially for something like this. Right. Yeah. Want everybody to be safe, everybody to be good. That way, once we get to Los Angeles next year for WrestleMania, we live and in action. Yeah, like if I got to endure a few more months of closed sets, so be it. So be it. Take the hit now and get it back later. It's the best way to look at it. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So before we get about it here, let's wrap this up real quick. Where does Adam Cole go now? Because it looks like Velveteen is probably going to go into something with Dexter Loomis. It's way too early in the Dexter Loomis party to throw him in the title picture. I don't, you know what? I don't think that. I don't think Dexter Loomis and Dream are going to have beef. I don't think that's what's going to happen. I think they're going to keep Dream off programming for the next week or so, as well as keep Cole off programming, um, and probably just do those backstage segments. Like maybe you have uh, Velveteen Dream talk about how 
he he had Adam Cole beat, wants retribution for that, and Cole is just playing the keep away game. Like he's just doing those poolside promos again for the next month. <laughs> I think and that's more week, of what we'll see. And this week on Adam Cole's pool. <laughs> Which is fine, because, I mean, the show was moving around along just fine without Adam Cole actually being in attendance. And we know he's no Brock Lesnar. He shows up to work. So uh, I think we can move along so many other storylines um, just fine without having an NXT title picture be there. Yeah, so to say, Keith Lee was off TV this week, so probably see Keith Lee next week because they tend to rotate through the titles as far as the focus for each week. So, yeah, fair enough. Good point. Yeah, that, and then you'll probably get some tag team action next week, which we didn't have this week. Yeah, we get the tag title next week. They yeah, confirmed the tag it. titles next week. And then I, I well, we haven't seen Kai and Gonzalez weren't on programming this week. So they'll probably be back next week as well. Doing that storyline against Shotzi Blackheart and Tegan Knox. Yeah, probably get the Punjabi Punishers next week as well. Which just means more Malcolm Bivens on the TV. Sign me up. Yeah, they got they, they have some stuff they can just flesh out and space out for a week or so while we figure out what's going on uh, with Velveteen Dream. Um, Adam Cole just like, pretty much shattering this uh, this record for the title, holding the title for so long, which... I don't think anybody's complaining. No, no. Because we're trying to figure out what the end payoff is. Right. And end payoff has to be a really big title change, so we'll have to see what happens. Yeah, so next week we get the NXT tag titles. We get probably another Killer Cross match. We get some more Cruiserweight tournament action. Keith Lee should show up. Maybe we get a continuation of the Charlotte Rio, wow, Rhea Eel triangle. Should be another full, nice little action-packed show. Looking good. Hopefully they announce a damn takeover, even if it happens with no audience. Like, let us know that you're building towards something. Yeah, that that's what I would like to see, too. Like you said, the payoff, as long as we know, have an idea of where we're going to go. And for a perfect example, um, whatever's happened with Finn Balor, we got to get some more details on it after this Cameron Grimes match next week. So we got to know, like, some tea leaves of where it could go. Because we already know Cameron Grimes isn't the attacker. So it looks like. So we think. Yeah, we got to get some payoff there somewhere. Kind of, you know what else is going to give us a payoff? And we didn't actually talk about this in our Money in the Bank preview, but for whatever reason, they're already teasing that this uh, this mystery hacker is going to reveal some more truth on Sunday. So we're going to see who that person is on Sunday as well. All right, cool. Got a lot, got a lot of teases for you guys, which is always good. You always want more questions than you do answers. Because it gives you a reason to come back, which is the whole purpose of weekly episodic TV. Exactly. So that has been our wrap up for this week. We have managed to not slander anybody too bad this episode. Had a few tangents, a few little sidebars. You know, learned about Florida today. 
Hey, man. Welcome to the jungle. Don't, don't live there. <laughs> nah, I didn't say that. No. Well, um, yeah, stand your ground. You know what? Yeah. Yeah. Just, yeah. For, yeah. Yeah, fair enough. Touche. But, um, yeah. We'll be back next week. Wednesday with a preview. Next Saturday with a recap. You might get something in between. You never know with us. With the podcast tag team channels, baby. We like to defend our titles multiple times a week. We like to give you people what you want. Give you quality content. Because we're here for you. Because without you, there's no believing in NXT podcast. Real talk. You make us stay afloat and you keep us from being canceled. Yep. Hey, as long as you subscribe, listen, that word's like, mm, can't cancel them yet. Numbers still look good. That's all we really asked for. And speaking of the Believe in NXT podcast, we have an official Twitter account now. It is at Believe in NXT. B L E A V I N N X T. Nice and simple, just like the show. So we're going to be more active on that. We're going to start getting off hot takes, commentary, catches on Wednesday nights, watching the show live. Told you, we're coming. We're interacting with you. We got a Gmail account we're setting up. Go ahead and get that fan bag in. We're going to have fun with you guys. Because, hey, it's days of quarantine. We all got questions and everything. So why not do it as a community, right? Exactly. And on that note, everybody stay in the house, man. Uh, this is supposed to be a really busy weekend. Mother's Day weekend. This is a void that we are reopening certain things to get your money. <laughs> and we don't have no money to spend. So it's oxymoron. But stay your ass in the house. I just saw a tweet on Twitter that people are all over the Vegas Strip, even though they're on lockdown. That's not good for anybody. It literally helps nobody. Um, and the more you guys wild out, it just means that people are going to get arrested eventually. So we don't want to make this an arrest situation. Speaking of, yeah, speaking of which, so case of Florida being Florida, there is a ballpark up by my house. I bike it most days out of the week. You got like a nice open football field there, right? I'm going for my little evening bike ride. When I tell you there were no less than 100 people, like multiple 707 teams out there having practice, wasn't no social distancing. My parking lot was full, field was full. I take a lap around. All right, whatever. I come back up, jogging back up. I look, I got full sheriff's officer cars, lights on. I was like, oh, somebody called or either one of these sheriffs wrote by. I was like, nope, party's over. Because they had been doing this for weeks. And it was like, oh, you got like 10, 20, whatever. Uh, this was like, they took up the whole entire field. Like sides, everything. I say all of that. Stay your ass at home, man. Practice like social distancing. We ain't having no 707 tournaments, but I get the whole athlete mantra. If you're not practicing, you're not getting better. But damn, man, be smart. Stay home. Like, come on. You want to risk it? Like, you in high school, you you want to risk it, especially if you're an upcoming senior. You want to risk your senior season, your last chance to go impress somebody because you could stay your ass home for a couple weeks month or so in like May. Hey, come on, man. Be smart, people. It's not about you. It's about the record good. Take one for the team. We're in this together. 
Also, make sure you get your mom some for Mother's Day. Call her, send her a card, you know, flowers. Do something to Yeah, man. Let's try to have a safe quarantine Mother's Day. Whatever that means. I think we're good to go. I feel like the music is starting to play us out right now. It's been playing for a little bit. I think we're good. Good we are good. No, I'm got nothing to say. I'll be in the same spot next time you hear my voice. (laughs) All right. So I'm Jacob. That's Seb. Until next week, guys, we're out of here.